Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gens & Associates podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Yang Ayat, consultant and analyst for Gens & Associates, and I have with me today my colleague from across the pond, Priya Bechek. Welcome, Priya, and thanks so much for chatting with me today. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks. Thanks for having me on this podcast. I think it's, it's really nice that we can talk about this. That's great. So Priya, I think that um, for p- people who may not know you very well, um, I mean, you've actually been working with the firm for many years now. And, um, you know, the topic that we're talking about today, you're an expert in this area. But for um, perhaps the companies and some of our listeners who have not worked with you, can you just give us a little bit um, background information about you? Maybe just introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure, yes. So um, I have um, just under 25 years experience in regulatory affairs and compliance. I've been working in industry, um, both at the CRO side and also within industry um, with large pharma, small small companies as well, um, recently focused on biotech uh, companies and supporting them. Um, I tend to do lots of hands-on regulatory work at the moment, um, but also do a lot of work in terms of infrastructure build to help teams with um, RIM modernization, for example, process creation, defining governance frameworks for quick decision making, um, you know, helping teams to implement um, new ways of working based on new regulations um, that emerge. And um, yeah, really supporting teams on on setting up good practices and, and really helping them along the way to do that. So, I mean, I think with everything that you just said, you're sort of the perfect person for me to be talking to today about data quality, sustainability and governance. Because, you know, as you know, the future is data connectivity, right? So not just within regulatory organizations, but throughout entire enterprises. So I think um, as connection becomes more um, more prevalent um, and, you know, more systems get cross-connected, connected cross-functionally, I think the the sort of ensuring high data quality is going to be like a really important part of this journey, right, as, as organizations evolve. So... Um, as you are one of the co-creators of our data governance operating model um, that we, I think we, it's in um, version four now on our executive lounge. Um, do you want to just give the audience a little bit of a brief overview about what this model is, how it's evolved with us, and you know some of the critical success factors that you've identified? Oh, yes, absolutely, Catherine. And I just want to pick up on your first point around, you know, lots of companies working on data connectivity you know, trying to move towards um, maybe automation or, you know, um, move towards a more mature organization in terms of how they use their systems. But I would say that it's really important to have the basics there first in terms of organizational strategy, you know, process maturity, um, systems and tools, and also, you know, really make sure that the culture um, is there as well in terms of uh, senior leadership advocacy and support um, and so this really you know plays into our high performance model um, and often this is um, something that companies tend to treat in separate buckets rather than seeing that connectivity through systems process roles culture behavior and so that's one of the first um, success factors um, where companies are successful at data quality, they've already made the connection between those elements um, that I've just mentioned. I'm going to pause. Actually, I'm going to kind of just interrupt really quickly because you're, you know, what you're talking about is something that we as a team often talk about, right? That data quality is actually an organizational competency. 
and not just like a system responsibility, right? And you spoke to a lot of those things, right? The culture and the processes and all these things that sort of have to be built into sort of the foundation for for then the high data quality and 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 those type of things to to come out of it. Um, can you speak a little bit more about this? Because I think this is a really interesting area. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that um, one of the things that companies and teams who are working on data quality need to be very mindful of is there's a way to think about um, those more operational things like systems, roles, you know, processes, process connectivity. But that really only plays half of the story because, you know, that's really making sure all these things are established and in place and people are using these um, in a very, you know, habitable way that it's a habit, you know, that they follow right. the processes, they follow the systems and so on. But one of the things that we often, you know, talk about as a team, right, is the institutionalization as well. So making sure that there is a culture um, all the way from the top, you know, there is key messages, key expectation setting and, um, you know, reward systems in place when uh, data quality and data is first hand right. And it's really the balance of both of those things. So the operational aspects and the institutionalizing aspects that make a good data quality um, framework. And um, it's actually really important that there is competency there. So, you know, often, you, you know, I've worked in regulatory affairs a long time where we started with paper submissions, you know, manual entries. I remember filling forms out by pen, scanning it in and then sending it to the health authorities times have changed now, you know, all of that's done electronically through gateways and portals, you know, through XML backbones, for example, when you're doing a CTA submission or an IND submission. So, you know, data is entered um, in fields and then that data is picked up by the health authorities um, in, in a database, you know, and so on. So that's just giving a, an example there. So it's very important that this is first time right and people have that skill and competency to be able to do that you know they're no longer using pen and paper they're using um source information to then fill out this information on their portal or gateway so it's building that competency building um steps in the process that can help verify that the source data used is correct and accurate um, so yeah that's very important I, I absolutely agree. I think a couple of things that you said that I kind of picked up on is, you know, sort of try to how do, how do organizations embrace this culture of quality? And I, I remember from the quality study that we did earlier, um, I think last year, a couple of years ago, I think one of the key elements that we get the key learning thing that came out of that for me was that, you know, people wanted or organizations wanted their workforce to know that data is everyone's responsibility, right? It doesn't just fall on, you know, one team or, you know, you know, the compliance team or the data quality team or whatever, that it's it's almost a, a behavioral, um, you know, a, a component that, you know, needs to happen across the enterprise with everybody to really sort of um, come together in unison for it to work really well. Um, so, and I know I cut you off earlier, but um, if we go back to some of the other critical success factors, I know that, you know, this one being one of them, what are some of the other ones? Yeah, indeed. And, and you know, we work with a lot of teams who are in their data quality journey or, you know, about to embark on the data quality journey. So this is something we talk to these teams about all the time in making sure these critical success factors are in place. 
um, making sure that there is a data vision, for example, you know, that has to come from the top. What is our data vision? Um, how do we want to kind of see that? What are the principles? Some companies like to um, assign themselves industry principles that are already out there, like the FAIR principle or the Alcoa principles. And these are really nice um, foundational, you know, principles to set your data quality vision on. Um, but also, you know, making sure that there is a body that's responsible for that data quality. So having what we call an actionable council or committee or a forum, whatever you want to call it, I think it's very important that there's a team that is really looking at this and pulling all the strands together. Um, of course, it you know goes without saying that there's got to be some sort of end-to-end -end orientation. We've moved away from having end-to-end -end stories within a function. Um, to actually really having an end-to-end -end across functions, you know, at what we call the enterprise level. So all the way starting from production, you know, through clinical, through regulatory, through supply chain, you know, all the way to the patient, right? So having that end-to-end -end orientation allows us to focus our data quality, um, you know, initiatives and projects in a way that you can really see that the um, audit trail, right, of the data. Um, and then a couple more there, Catherine. So I think that, you know, we talked already about the executives having, you know, that uh, advocacy role and really making sure that they drive that mindset around first hand right. That's got to be, you know, one of the big things here. You know, if it's not being role modelled and expected from the top, then that trickle down effect doesn't always happen. But I think there's also, you know, to be said equally that it is also a bottom up approach where teams are in, in, the, in the work, they're in the operational day to day. So they're the ones that are going to notice if there's something that needs improving or something that needs to be done in a different way so that, you know, you can really get good data quality. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Please go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I was just going to add one final element that I think kind of tops or kind of, you know, encompasses the three or four things we've mentioned, and that's around transparency. Yes. Often what companies do is they use systems and they use, you know, processes and they've got lots of things that they're checking and verifying, but unless they share what they found, people don't um, often have that appreciation of what the data really shows. Is it good? Is there a trend? You know, do we need to change something? Is it giving us the company objectives that we set out to, you know, meet? You know, you talk to clients and companies, they want to get speed to market, accelerate to patients, and they want to, you know, um, beat the competitor. Well, data is going to really help with that if they're really looking at their data and sharing what they're seeing and, and continually improving that and then celebrating success. So, you know, I've worked with companies where we shared the data, even if it was bad, so that people could see, OK, these are the areas my team can focus on or this is an area where, yeah, my team's doing really well. Kudos, you know, well done. So I think it's that missed opportunity to really share that information in a way that is actionable. Yeah, I think it's really important that I think part of the culture of quality is really creating an environment for learning, right? So that, like you said, even if things are not, um, you know, optimal yet, you know, how do you learn from that and become optimal, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, so, and so I think everything you said is like, you know, really um, 
good information for companies to use, you know, when they're thinking about putting together a data governance structure, updating it, whatever. Um, we have a model that we've built. And I think, like I said earlier, it's on version four, which we have on in our executive lounge um, that our members can access. And if you, if our listeners want to know more information about it, um, you know, please just reach out to, to me and then I can, I can sort of share that information with you. But in terms of data governance um, sort of structures and data quality sustainability, this is a, you know, a really sort of hot area that people are focused on right now. And I, I'm sure that there are lots of different models that exist out there. So as one of the co-creators of this model, I was wondering if you could tell us, you know, what makes ours a little more different or special compared to some of the other ones that you've seen out there? You know, is ours more evolved? Um, I know you mentioned all these critical success success factors, um, you know, but how does, how does um, I guess, how do our data governance models compare to others out there? Yeah, and I guess, you know, Catherine, I think the answer to this is is fairly straightforward in my mind. You know, our model came from um, working with teams, working with, you know, clients who were on the data quality journey maybe three, three years ago or so, or even earlier, you know. And the model we have um, highlights that this can grow from within. Perhaps other models that are out there are kind of bringing in a whole new concept and kind of um, perhaps indicating that there's all these new roles that need to be hired and, you know, data quality is like a plug on, um, you know, plug on or an extra entity within, within, the, within the community or team or function or, or company. Whereas our model really plays to the fact that there's roles and you know different departments within a function that exist and it's these some of these roles that need to be upskilled you know it's that paradigm shift that we talked about from paper submissions you know manual work to using systems to do data entry and data management so it is pointing to the fact that our roles within certain teams need to be refreshed you know some responsibilities fall away new responsibilities come in and there should be a real emphasis on data quality and so that's what our model plays to is really highlighting um you know what does a regulatory team do that might be new today that maybe they didn't do five six years ago you know times have changed so it's not about adding more and more resource to a team and fragmenting that responsibility on data quality it's really about up skilling and upversioning our roles to be more data um, focused and more um, how can you say electronic focused right it's, it's you know your data is there it's like you know if you look at amazon right you when you go to buy something on amazon you write down a book you want to buy and at the bottom it already comes up with an e-copy book a cd related books you know um other books you might like so that's look using a data engine by you entering one thing and it's bringing up all this other stuff right so it's about entering data once and being able to use it in many different ways so i think that's really important about our model is it plays on what's already there and highlights um, what might be needed that's new that's a really good answer. And I like everything you said. And I, I agree with everything that you said, um, especially the part about, you know, the fact that our model really sort of evolved with us working on client projects for this particular uh, area. So, you know, given that we've worked with so many clients on this over the past, like, you know, two or three years, like you said, 
what are some of the common, um, you know, challenges or hiccups that really sort of pop up for organizations as they're trying to implement, you know, a new governance place, a new governance structure or getting one in place? Yeah, this is a really good question, Catherine. And we see lots of, you know, teams with lots of challenges. And in our um, executive lounge, we do have a couple of case studies that people can refer to. But certainly I could probably list, you know, two or three challenges right off the top. One of them is no senior leadership engagement. That's such an important one too. This one's really important. And I think, you know, a lot of programs, initiatives and things that start in organisations will really be successful if senior leadership actually do lead and believe in that. You know, it could be that is something new for them, them you know, themselves, right. but they need to just have a vision and an idea. And sometimes you've got to be creative, but that senior leadership engagement and messaging and really having that dedicated time to do that is going to be the most important thing here as a number one. Um, a couple of other, you know, areas where, where organizations struggle is that they over-engineer, you know, they over-engineer the data yes. governance structure, whether you're a small organization or a large organization or a mid-level, mid you know, organization, it's really important to start simple and small. So, you know, making sure you might start with one function and then kind of, you know, learn from that function and try and, you know, work across functions afterward. Um, so I would really kind of think about, you know, starting small and simple. Um, yeah, I think, I think that, um, um, you know, organizational agility, you know, in this one area would, would be the time to really sort of flex those muscles would be, a, this would be a good situation to do that in. So let me um, get to the last question for you since we're starting to run out of time, but, you know, um, for everyone who has worked with you, um, and to our listeners who have not, you're sort of famous in our crew for your magic wand question that you often pose to, you know, clients at the end of, you know, our engagements with them, where you ask them, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and, you know, like, what would you wish for? What would you want? And knowing how complex data governance sustainability can be, if you could have a magic wand to make high data quality really just the norm across all organizations, you know, what would be the change that would make this come true? Like, what do you think that the magic thing is? Yeah, you're, you're double daring me here with my own <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I like this. So, you know, I think there's just one thing for me that I want to mention here, and that is breaking down silos. You know, we talked a little bit about this end to end earlier, you know, and you, you know, there's a big debate out there around like, you know, is regulatory responsible for data quality? I see regulatory being the, the piggy in the middle, you know, they, they only receive the data, they package it up into, you know, let's call it a story, a package for the regulators, and they send it out and then you get, you know, a response or an approval. Whereas data quality has to start from all the other functions involved in, you know, either creating that data, generating that data, whether it's through studies, on the site manufacturing site level, you know, in the countries and so on. So really, it's a, it's a, it's a takes a village, right? This is Absolutely. a cross-functional initiative. So I would really wave my magic wand and say, break down the silos, yeah. come together, talk about data quality together, because it's an organizational matter, you know. Um, so that would be my magic wand, Catherine. And I, I couldn't agree more. So um, thank you so much, Priya, for spending time with me today and sort of sharing your knowledge about data governance, data quality, all those good things. 
um, for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us again. And um, we will see you next time for our next episode, which I think will be focused on regulatory intelligence. Take care all.